0: Thank you for tuning in to our Bold as Align Ministries podcasts. Uh, for more teachings, uh, go to boldasalionministries.com. Uh, we have all of them posted weekly. If you like what you hear, feel free to subscribe to our iTunes, Google Play. Uh, use all those resources, play and download as much as you possibly want. Also, we're running a Project 500 campaign where we're trying to get 500 sponsors at $20 a month uh, to go towards our media ministry so that we can make it bigger and better for you every single week. We hope you enjoy our teaching. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. So last time we learned uh, about, we started to learn about spiritual gifts. And we learned first of all that love, love is the key. Uh, love is the whole point of, uh, of the gift. So uh, it, we read in First Corinthians chapter 13, it says, if I speak in tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong. So without love, There's no point in what we're doing when we do spiritual gifts, whether our spiritual gifts are knowledge, uh, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, gifts of healing, workers of miracles, prophecy, distinguishing of spirits, which is discernment of spirits, uh, tongues, interpretation of tongues, exhortation, uh, generosity, serving, teaching, everything, right? So it doesn't matter what we're doing, whatever our gifting is, if we don't have love, then there's no point in it. And so we kind of learned about that. We also kind of hit on um, on the fact that it's a matter of faith and of grace. That the gifting has come by grace, and that the scripture says that um, that we get grace by three things: um, by faith, knowledge, and humility. There's a that's the biblical. If you had a formula, this is the formula for receiving grace in your life: faith, knowledge, knowledge of Christ, and humility. So. We'll kind of hit on that later. I don't want to go too much into that because today what we're going to be talking about is unity. Um, the Spiritual gifts bring unity. And then the question is, how come they brought so much disunity? Uh, and there's the reason why is because um, people don't have an appreciation for the gifts. You know, they don't have an appreciation. If you don't have an appreciation for the gifts, you don't have an appreciation for grace. Okay? Because the gifts, things come by grace. So... When we don't value one another's gifts, okay, or when we say, oh, only these gifts are okay, but these gifts are not okay, Mm. okay, then that creates division, Mm -hmm. okay? So the problem that we find is that in the Scripture, it talks about how, you know, we can't just cut off our foot and say, well, I'll be all right, you know? Every member of the body is important, right? Yeah. Okay, Uh, you know check this out so let's go over to Romans chapter 12 verse I mean, chapter 12 verse 12 through uh, 31 for just as the body is one and has many members so I'm going to write that scripture verse up here Romans chapter 12 verse 12 through 31 that's the key verse for this this morning our passage for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body though many are one body so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. So, you can see already that it's, it's into this baptism of the body of Christ. We're being baptized into the body of Christ. Okay? That means that you are becoming one with God, but you're also becoming one with one another. The mystery of that is pretty much talked about in John chapter 17 how god jesus says um and it talks about uh, uh may they be one okay as we are one talking about you and me i and them all that good stuff right we don't want to get into that right now that'd be a whole other hour so <laughs> uh let's see here for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body so by the one spirit the holy spirit We've been born of the Holy Spirit, and because the Holy Spirit lives inside me, and it lives inside you, and it lives inside Cameron, and David, and James, and Brian, this makes us all one, okay? We become members of the body, okay? But I'm connected to you because we have the same Spirit, you see? One Holy Spirit is inside all of us, good, it's a mystery of the gospel. It says, For in one spirit we all are baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. Okay? So... We got our Pentecostals over here, and our Church of Christ over here, and our Baptists over here, and our non-denominationals over here, which is pretty much a denomination in and of itself. And then we have the Catholics over here, and the Lutherans, and the Methodists, and the Seventh Day Adventists. Okay. The, the problem is that they don't discern the body. The reason why they're divided is because they're not discerning the need for one another. Yeah. You see, okay. if the churches. <laughs> If the churches could love... Listen, so one, one church would will exemplify teaching and liturgy. You know what liturgy is? Liturgy is organized teaching to the max, okay? Liturgy is <clears throat> actually the equivalent of us all reading, um, of us all having the same Bible Okay. Did you know this is a liturgy? It's just not scheduled out. We actually have liturgies. All those one-year Bibles you get. If everybody had the same one-year Bible, we'd all be on the same liturgy plan. A liturgy, what a liturgy is, is whenever somebody... Sunday school. Yeah, the Sunday school life way, that's liturgy. Okay. Uh, Now, when I say liturgy, a lot of people don't understand what that is. But what a liturgy is, is basically the Catholic Church... Um, and Lutherans and the Methodists, they practice this, okay? It's called liturgy, liturgy okay? What they do is, the, whoever's head of the whole organization, the whole religious group, okay? Like, say, the Pope, or the Cardinals, or the Bishops, or whoever, I don't know if they do it by regions, I'm not familiar with this or not, but let's just say the Pope says, I'm going to write out a lesson <clears throat> for, the whole, for every, every Sunday of okay. the entire year, okay? So he goes out and prepares um, in advance, all these lessons way in advance, and then he sends out the teaching to all the churches every week. So all the churches every Sunday study the same thing as all the other churches. Now, honestly, that's kind of cool because they're all in unity. Right. right. You see what I mean? Now, so whenever you have any kind of organized um, reading plan or or uh, or study material that everybody does at the same time, that's liturgy. Okay. Does it make sense? Yes. Um, especially if it's in multi-locationals. Make sense? Yeah. And so, Dwayne Sheriff does that, actually, even though it doesn't look like liturgy. Because whenever he gets on the live feed and everybody's watching the same message, yeah. that's the same thing as liturgy. Okay? Um, but liturgy is more of an organized term. The idea and the concept behind it is that all locations are studying the same thing at the same time. Makes gotcha. Make sense? And usually, it's written out in advance. When- Liturgy. Okay, so teachings pretty much that are multi-location. Everybody's doing the same thing at the same time. Okay, so this. Uh, so what I'm saying is, there's churches that, that highly exalt this level of teaching, and they appreciate this. And then there's other groups out there that are like, whatever the Holy Spirit says, we're not even going to have any plan at all, right? Um, well, check this out. Let's say so. Just these two examples, right? So we want carefreeness. We want to be sensitive. We want to be sensitive to whatever is going on in your heart, and we're going to speak right to that heart. And then over here, you got this extra, super organized, detailed, down to the minute. We're not going to. We're going to start on time and end exactly on time, right? So y'all know that I'm not very good at that. That's why we have a schedule. So the schedule is just to help me try. I know super I ain't very try. good at it. Um, it's a character flaw, I'm working on it every day. Being organized on time. So you have the group here that's super organized. Super organized, and then you have the groups over here that are less organized. Okay, a whole lot less organized. All right, well, look at the... Check this out. If the people who are super spirit-filled have no actual organization at all, all right, versus the people that are organized, okay? Now, check this out. You're going to notice this. If it's super organized, it becomes superficial. Yeah. Right? You may have... Okay? It becomes superficial. If it's not organized enough, no one sticks around. Mm -hmm. Truth. If you go to the unorganized group, the congregations are super small. If you go to the super organized, the congregations are a whole lot bigger. The less organized, they're going to be more serious about the movement of God. And over here... Sometimes it's just going to be surface level. Not saying that everybody's like that. That's that's kind of a blanket statement. But if you mix it to where you have organization and freeness, you get dedicated people. And there's different levels of dedication. Because somebody, because some people will say, "Well, I showed up. That's dedication, right?" Well. Does that make sense? There's different levels of dedication. I can yeah. I can show up consistently every day at the same time, punch in, punch out, but on, my heart's not in it. You see what I'm saying? You can do that. Just in it for a paycheck. Yeah, you send it for a paycheck. So my point is, you have to have the balance. If 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 the churches would appreciate the strengths of each other, okay, then they could actually grow even more. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So that's just one example. That's why. That's why. Um, a lot of the people. You know, if you're too organized, you're not willing to change. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so that's when you'll have a a, a whole church of just. I'm sorry to say this, but a whole church of old people, and no young people. The church's gonna die, because <coughs> in 10 years, literally, there's no kids taking the, the spot. So in about 10, 15, 20 years, you're gonna have a dead church, completely dead. You see what I'm saying? Um. And so we've got to be adaptable, but we also have to have a structure. Makes sense. This is why me and James work so well together. Because I'm adaptable and James is structured. Yeah. You see, yeah. that's why we're we, we a couple. We complement each other's strengths. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> I pull him out of his right on time every single time, and he pulls me out of the hey, I'm just gonna do whatever I want to do today. You know what I mean? And we come together and have somewhat of a functioning <laughs> deal. You know what I mean? Somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, You know, same thing, that's why I married my wife. You know, God put us together because my wife's super organized and I'm not. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, to say I don't have any organization at all would be dumb because how in the world did we get here? You know what I'm saying? Uh, but keeping to that organization is a great discipline for me. And so, that's where people, I need people that it comes naturally to. That's how they function. They don't survive their life without it. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so we really complement each other really well. So uh, what we're talking about is utilizing one another's strengths because we're created to work together. You hear what I'm saying? We're created to work together. The gifts of God are not designed to create division. They're actually designed so that we can work more closely together. If James was to say man, Zach's so organized, I just can't handle him, and he left? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Then he's not going to be able to accomplish as much as he could have with me, and I'm not going to be able to accomplish as much as if I had been with him. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So if we can appreciate, not get upset with, man, you're just so different, I can't handle you. No, we have to just say, man, I'm going to value what God has put, the way God has designed you. If you will value the way God has designed me, then we can grow and actually really do amazing things together. You see what I'm saying? Make sense? Because I'm with James, I've become more organized. You know, I still I still discipline myself in the area. But also, check this out. See, my, 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 my calling is, is to plant churches and ministries and have vision and cast vision and to dream. You know what I mean? But if I don't have somebody who cares about the details, <laughs> then it's just gonna be a dream. You see yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly, yeah. It's yeah. just gonna be a dream. Yeah. It's good. So God's already put things in my heart. See, see if I was all about the structure, we'd just stay right here all the time. We'd never move, we'd never grow, we'd stay right here and whatever that structure is, bam, 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 just assembly line. You know what I mean? <laughs> but there's no growth, right? No, this has worked for the last twenty years, we're gonna do it like this. So you pull somebody who's a visionary. So you put the visionary, you put the details, and that's how you grow. So today I'll be having a meeting with James about things that God's been stirring in my heart. You know, why? Because I believe that it's time to change some things. Amen. You know, and I believe it's time to take a slightly different way on some things. But I'm gonna I'm gonna rest in His ability to organize those thoughts of mine. You see, and say what's this gonna look like? You know, I value uh, everyone's opinions. I know that I don't have all the answers. That's why we sit down and I ask you. God knows, God's put inside me. See what? Okay, watch this. I might not be details oriented, details oriented and organized, but I do know how to organize people. You see, which, which is, it takes a man who can deal with the unknown to be able to handle organizing people because people are unknown. You could just go fly off the handle. How am I going to handle that? I have to be quick and reflexed and move on with it, right? But so, does that make sense? So God has called me to pull out giftings and talents in other people, and I can I can orchestrate that. Why? Because if you fly off the handle, I can still orchestrate that. I'm used to last minute decisions. You see what I'm saying? I can handle that. James telling him. You know, hate, hates people. Hates <laughs> people. Organizing people is hard for him because he doesn't deal with last minute changes very well. You see what I'm saying? I'm not that's not now, but even James will tell you, I sure have learned a whole lot more about dealing with last minute changes because I work with Zach. (laughs) You know? And so again, pulling in the strengths of one another and building up our weaknesses makes us better people. Make sense? And that's what a team team is. God didn't create us to do this alone. Correct. It's powerful. God did not create us to do this alone. He created work, us to work together. Unity. All right, so on that same note, spiritual gifts, okay? Um, You got one group over here. All they want to do uh, every time is just prophesy and speak in tongues. Well, where's your teaching, right? Those people, you see what I'm saying? You got a church over here. All they care about is this supernatural stuff, but they don't deal with the teaching. They have no good teaching, you know? They have all the experience, but no teaching. You got the people over here that all they got is teaching. Preaching and teaching is the Holy Spirit moving. Let me just restate that again. Mm-hmm. To say that the Holy Spirit's not moving in a sermon is ignorance. You don't read your Bible. You see what I'm saying? Because the scripture says that it's the gift of the Holy Spirit to teach. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit to preach. Just because I'm not speaking in tongues, doesn't mean the Holy Spirit isn't moving through me. You see what I'm saying? Amen. Okay, I'm, I got that, right? So, let me rephrase that. I said that at a weird angle because because uh, of the... Sometimes I get around groups that say that, and I, not, I didn't mean it like that. That's just a cliche phrase that came out of my mouth without me thinking, and the Holy Spirit convicted me real quick of it. <laughs> because every time the Bible's open, the Holy Spirit's moving. Listen, I don't care who's talking. Even if... Well... Say that go it. listen I don't care who's talking if the guy is on stage and you cracked open the Bible you better be listening he may not have all the answers right he may not have it perfectly he may not be the best teacher but when the Holy Spirit when this this Bible is God inspired sure. so when he starts reading out of it you better be listening because the Holy Spirit will be speaking okay I've been to teachers I've been listen I've been I go and listen to all kinds of teachers and I think that some of them are just Totally wrong and off on some stuff. You know what I mean? But I never once have they ever cracked the Bible open. They don't get something out of it. Yeah. Heck, I've listened to a guy, and I got a whole nother sermon completely opposite what he was teaching. <laughs> <'Cause> it- <laughs> you know? Uh, but that—that's a sign of maturity to recognize that the Holy Spirit's working. Because immaturity is just going to believe everything that person says for face value. Wow. If you don't do your own digging. You see what I'm saying? Which is why we get upset with some of those pastors because we're like, man, you're leading all these people astray. Because because of the sheep, the sheep have not become shepherds. Okay, but it's it is the goal to make shepherds out of sheep. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say that again. It's mm, a good word. It is the goal to make shepherds out of sheep. You may not have a big flock. You may only have two, two in your flock. You may only have three in your flock. You're still a shepherd. Once, shepherd is not defined necessarily by the amount of sheep he's got. He's defined by how much he's willing to lay down his life for his sheep. That's what makes a good shepherd. Good shepherd. You don't. Hmm, that's a good word. Okay, man. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, do, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Listen, we got to stop dividing ourselves from those other churches and saying, that church is not like us. I went to a sermon one time and I heard a pastor say, <clears throat> you know, if you want to speak in tongues, that's fine. But we don't do that around here. You can go down the street and go to the other church and speak in tongues. I'm thinking, why would you... Why would you separate yourself from the body? What is it because you lack wisdom and understanding on how to shepherd that type of a sheep that you told him to go down the street? Is it because there's something wrong with him that he has to go down the street? Or is it because you lack the wisdom to be able to shepherd him? So what we do is we cut our finger off and say, go down the street. You see what I'm saying? we got to stop cutting off the members of our body and sending them down the street. What we got to do is say, hey, let's grow together. Let's learn together. You may not understand everything. And that's okay. Look, if God could make Joseph save all of Egypt and the surrounding nations, even though he was thrown into slavery and then thrown into prison, yet he still managed to take Joseph and make him second in command of Egypt after all that came against him, if he can do that, he can mess up bad, he can, he can, he can fix messed up thinking, well, messed up so theology, thinking, you know? If you hunger for God, listen, if you hunger for God, you will find him. The scripture says if you seek him with all of your heart, you will find him. doesn't matter if you even have a slight skewed understanding for, for a season. The attitude. That's okay. We, we get so scared sometimes about having the wrong understanding. It's not so much about having the wrong understanding it's really about finding it's really about discovering truth. It's really about seeking God with all of your heart. So what if you haven't messed up for a season? Seek him with all your heart that's always required of you. Seek him with all of your heart. All your heart. Seek him with all of your heart. 96. You will find him. It's good. I know because I grew up, I, I, I know because um, there was circles I was around. Growing up, that I didn't feel that taught me the truth, 100%. Were they completely wrong? No, they're part of the body. I shouldn't cut them off. You see? Just because they may have a slight misunderstanding of something that I understand now, doesn't mean I should cut them off. They're still a part of the body. What we need to do is we need to bring unity. We need to bring us together. We need to say, listen, I know you have strength, and I have strength. Let's come together. Let's come together. Let's stop cutting off. You know? It's good. we got to value one another. That guy might not speak in tongues. It doesn't mean he can't speak in tongues. The scripture's clear that we can speak in tongues. But if he doesn't, that doesn't mean I should cut him off. It doesn't mean I should kick him to the curb. And you say, well, what do you have faith for? What do you have faith for? Do you have faith to serve? Do you have faith for hospitality? Do you have faith for giving? Do you have faith for teaching? Come on, what do you have faith for? Let's work with that. Let's not cut you off just because you don't speak in tongues. Build up that muscle. See, there are some groups that will say, we're going to cut you off because you do speak in tongues. And there's one group will say, well, I'm going to cut you off because you don't speak in tongues. Now, I... I like what uh, I like what Dwayne said the other day. Dwayne doesn't know I'm teaching on this. It's so funny. He yeah, goes, I know it is. <laughs> um, "It's so interesting." He goes, "We're gonna talk about spiritual gifts and all the hangups people have with spiritual gifts." All right, let's get to the chase. Everybody just has a problem with tongue. Because <laughs> if I come up there and pray for you and your leg gets healed, you don't have a hangup on that. No, you know. If I come up to you and prophesy something to you, you know. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, some people may think it's weird, but they don't really reject it. You know what I mean? They might think it's weird. They might have unbelief concerning it. They don't kick you out of church for it, necessarily. If I come up to a word of knowledge and tell you something, a mystery about yourself, nobody else knows, there ain't no way you're going to be able to deny that. The reason why tongues get so offensive is because it doesn't build you up. It builds me up. You know? If I, had, if I go and speak a word of knowledge, though, it benefits you. That's why, oh, yeah, I can receive that. We just have a problem with the gifts that don't benefit us. It's kind of weird, right? What we have to realize is, and we're going to talk about tongues probably a whole hour, okay? Um, not today, but... Gifts are supposed to bring unity, not division. Because I, what's this? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts, that's your private parts, are treated with greater modesty. Check that out. Think about this. There's a certain level of honor that you give to each Part of your body. Think about that. Could you imagine living life without your hand? No, I mean come on, right? That would be hard. That'd be it's in it feels indispensable, you know? But this is the part that everybody sees. Well, then your your what is it, what how does it say? Your unpresentable parts. Would you get rid of those? No. Nobody gets to see them, though but I'm not on stage nobody sees me yeah but you're an unpresentable part why would you want to cut that off (laughs) you see what I'm saying (laughs) a lot of people they get discouraged about their role in the body where they're in the body and they say well I wish I was here stop doing that just be thankful for where you are because you're indispensable that's good if you realized that you were indispensable. He you shouldn't come in. Come on, get it. Not everybody can be the pastor. That's good. You see what I'm saying? You, right? <laughs> Not everybody can be the pastor. Everybody wants that. Jesus says the least of these. You know, he says the, he who seeks to lose his life will gain it. He who seeks to be a leader. I just read this this morning. A dispute also arose among them, and this is Luke chapter 22, verse 24. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and the leader as one who serves. For who is the greater one, who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Okay, he's talking about himself. When you go to the table and you see someone sitting at the table and someone serving, who's the greater one? Is it not the one who reclines? And Jesus says, it is. Well, check this out. It is. If you if you look at the table and the one reclining and the one serving, okay, in our minds, immediately, the one reclining is the one who's got the money. Well, yeah, morally, yeah, Right? He's the one with honor. Okay, watch this. For who is the greater re- one who reclines at the table, or one who serves, is it not the one who reclines at table? Just as Jesus saying, is it not the one reclining at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. It's higher. You know what he just said? He said disciples, go ahead and recline. It's higher, higher, thing Who's who, who's who's the preferred one? Did not Jesus prefer us? Wow, it's dude, it's forty deep. It's deep. No, I'm just saying. Did not Jesus prefer us? Mm -hmm. It's good. Wow. See, when you have a real heart of a shepherd, you do lay down your life for your sheep. It's not about. Well, look at me. I'm the shepherd. It's not about that. At all. The whole reason I exist is for my sheep. If my sheep aren't doing good, I'm not doing good. You see what I'm saying? I live for my sheep. I live for myself. You see what I'm saying? That's what a shepherd, a good shepherd does. So this is why... So, you know the the term, the eye, the beauty is in that eye of the beholder? The sheep look up to the shepherd see but the shepherd looks unto the sheep the, sh- the sheep may say oh man look at that shepherd but you don't get it if the shepherd is a good shepherd he says what an honor it is for me to serve my sheep who is in the place of honor the shepherd has put his sheep in the place of honor even though they're sheep even though they don't see themselves as very honorable They'll see their shepherd is honorable, but the shepherd will say, you're, that's why I say this so many times, we get down to one guy, we will have five people up in here and all of a sudden we'll come down to one guy and I'll just look at that one guy and I'll say, it is an honor to serve you. If you're the only, if you were the only guy in this program, it would be all worth it. You know? And I believe that. I believe that I'm here to serve the one guy, you know, or, or a hundred, praise God. You know what I mean? But if it's just one, I'm going to preach to that one guy as if I was preaching to a hundred. You know? I'm going to give you all that I can as if I was giving it to all of them. Mm -hmm. You know? It's not about the crowd. It's about the one. Yep. I left the 99 and came after the one. Mm -hmm. You see. Hmm. You never know who you're going to talk to. You really never know. If I don't see you for your value, if I don't see you for what God sees you, I won't give you the proper treatment. It comes down to respect and it comes down to honor. If I don't really see you For who God has created you to be, I won't treat you like Jesus. See what I'm saying? So you're Jesus to the world. If I'd understand that, that I'm, I'm, I'm raising up Jesus. It's like Mary raising up her son, Jesus. She knew who she was raising. Did not Jesus honor his mother? Yet Mary honored her son. You see? Who led Billy Graham to the Lord? Who led Ron Bonkey to the Lord? Who led Todd White to the Lord? You see what I'm saying? These people that we look up to. Who led Dwayne Sheriff to the Lord? Who poured into Dwayne Sheriff? You know. If we under my point is, we every person we've always seen as great was always beneath to begin with. You see what I'm saying? This is why I don't take one conversation lightly because I never know who I'm going to talk to. How many people's lives are you going to change? So I make sure that every second I spend with you is time worth spent because I don't know how many lives you're going to change. But if I do this one minute right here, well, it could set you up to set every other minute after your life doing well. To value the body. This is called discerning the body it's valuing even the student the teacher values the student you see you may have a grace to be a student now but if I value the student then I'll bring that student up into what he's called to be make sense and then he's going to change many lives